Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. Here are two five-star reviews we received. This podcast is everything. I've listened to this for two years on and off, and it has helped me, and I'm not even in the relationship anymore. And another one, your podcast has been an answer to prayer. Keep up the good work. We have Miss C back on today's episode. So if you didn't hear her story, please go back to her previous episodes, listen to those first, and then catch up with us here. We're just going to dive right in. I remember one of the phraseology, I, to this day, will set me on fire is to not be a victim and don't teach your children to be a victim. I can't even tell you how much you you remember that character where he's got flames shooting out of the top of his head that sets me on fire because to me, whether you like it or not, or whether you like to acknowledge it or not, we are victims. Yes. We're victims. I'm sorry that that makes life uncomfortable for you and you don't like to think about the things that we've been through, but we are victims, but we don't live the life of a victim. We don't look for ways that things are going so bad for us. We're not looking to, you know, walk around like Eeyore and woe is me and everything bad that's happening to me. We are processing through the pain and healing from what has happened. And I just... Oh, I'm seriously, it sets me on fire when people say that. I could not agree more. You're like, I'm not acting like a victim. I am a victim. <laughs> yes. yes. I know it's meant well. But I think the hardest thing for some people is it's hard to watch someone go through a tragedy. And whether they'll say it or not, I really believe it's generational in a way where it's like, we don't want that to touch our life. It's too hard. It's too ugly. It's uncomfortable. So we really just want you to get better and move on. I think it's also a control thing. They can tell you, hey, you got to do something about this. But when you're an actual victim, there is obviously a lack of ability to stop the harm. The only thing you can do is try to separate yourself from it. You could build a big wall around you. You could do all these things and the person can still act abusively toward you. For those of us who set a ton of boundaries, our abuser is still 
abusive. There's nothing we can do to stop them from being abusive. All we can do is try to protect ourselves the best we can. And I don't think other people can like wrap their heads around that. I think they think, well, eventually like they won't bug you anymore. Right. Or you can just pretend like they don't exist or something. And you're like, no, if someone's punching you in the face all the time, you're going to have a bruise. This is an interesting thing. I like it when people are like, well, now that you know what it is, when they hurt you, you can just like get better faster. You can be like, oh, that was just abuse. No big deal. They're an abuser, whatever. And I'm like, if someone punches you in the face, the bruise is going to take however long it's going to take to heal. You can't be like to the bruise, hey, bruise, heal faster. Like, oh, I know that he was crazy when he punched me in the face. And so the bruise is going to take faster to heal. No, it's just going to take the amount of time it is to heal. So even if you're divorced, even if you've set all these boundaries, if there's a traumatic incident that happens with your ex during a parenting exchange or maybe during a court case they're lying or they say things that aren't true or something and it's like a punch to the gut, you've got a bruise. It's going to take some time to heal. The cool thing is the more confident we get, the better we get at setting boundaries, the more we understand what's happening. I do think we become a little bit like superheroes and we can heal a little bit faster, which is cool, but we still have to heal. Right. And we get better at being able to, in a way, block those mental and emotional punches because we now recognize, and I think that goes back to what you and I talked about before, where when you get space, you get clarity and you start to see what does the Bible say? Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. You actually really start to see those much more clearly, especially when they speak now. Yeah, I agree. This is the one I get. It's been five years. You know he's a jerk. I don't know why you let it bother you so much. Uh. <laughs> but see, that goes all back to, again, it's these stigmas that come with relationships and with divorce and with what everybody believes is how it's supposed to go and the fact that it makes people uncomfortable and I really am going to dig in because like I said my story goes a little bit deeper and I definitely believe that there needs to be something out there on what is the next step what do I do how do I get through this how do how do I get up the next day how do I get up the next morning how do I make it through that afternoon because sometimes it literally is all you can do to do the next five minutes because you're in so much pain. I'm so thankful for betrayal trauma recovery because there is healing in coming together. I really think there's going to be more and more women that are going to become more brave and be able to come together and be able to, to meet each other in a way that, we, ha we all have great friends. I have phenomenal friends. But to have someone and look in the eyes of someone that knows, there's healing in that too. The other thing I appreciate about the community is that we're all learning collectively, right? Like when you said that's a layer of grief, I was like, oh, I haven't thought about it that way before. And because we're talking about it and we're honest with each other and we're being vulnerable with each other, collectively, we're able to learn more quickly. I think back in the 40s and 50s when 
number one, there wasn't an internet. So even if women tried to reach out, it was probably pretty hard for them. But also it wasn't common for a woman to be like, hey, my husband's looking at porn. Um, help me. Right. I mean, there was sort of societally you you didn't really. I mean, I've talked to many victims who are perhaps like in their early 70s or late 60s, and they didn't tell anybody for a long time. And and now they're able to talk to people about it. So they could only learn in this isolated silo and they knew, okay, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. But collectively now, as we speak the truth, as we're vulnerable with each other, with safe people, that's the cool thing. We don't have to be vulnerable with our abusers, but we can be vulnerable with each other. Collectively, we are learning so much and becoming so much more enlightened, I guess, and safe. And I am going to use the word powerful. And when I say that, I don't mean that we're like trying to like take over the world, but I mean like own our own power and our own voice and be able to say, wait, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I can do this. It's biblical to bear one another's burdens indicates the ability to do it. So you can't bear a burden if you're weak and it's not physical strength we're speaking of, you know? So yeah, I think there's power in that too. Absolutely. I know there's a scripture and I can't think of it, but where it talks about the fact that we're supposed to speak truth. I've heard this phrase many times that the church is supposed to be a hospital for the broken. And I believe the churches where two or more gather together and I really believe there's healing there and being able to talk about, like you said, I really appreciate that you said that about the ladies who kept quiet their entire life. I, you know what? I really believe that they believed in their mind that it was their fault. That's abusive too. Real quick before a response, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue, or they try to quote-unquote treat both the abuser and the victim in the same setting, which is unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. Here is a five-star review we received on Amazon. It says, clear, simple, and helpful. I appreciate how this cuts through all the BS I have heard from everyone church, counselors, family, friends, society, etc. Be nicer. Don't shame him. Porn isn't a big deal. I appreciate how boundaries are made clear. Get to safety, period. Thank you so much for that review. And now back to our interview. Well, and now the cool thing is we have so many women of various ages, right, in the community in Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group or ones that I've talked to who are in their 60s or 70s or however old they are, whatever, you know, all different ages, right? We have 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds and, you know, everyone. But I really appreciate the wisdom of the women who bore it alone for a long time and they're sharing. They're really strong. Yeah, I would love to listen to that and to hear their story. Did they stay? Did they not stay? How that went for them. I bet you there was some huge nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. So speaking of that, if you're listening and you're like, that was me, I didn't speak out and I finally found betrayal trauma recovery, or I finally told somebody when I was in my late sixties or early seventies or eighties or whatever, whatever age you are, if that's you, we'd love to hear your story. So contact my assistant, Kari, K-A-R-I at BTR.org and let her know and we'll have you on. I just wanted to make sure you're not alone because I really do believe that it's odd, but 
you will feel like you're betraying your husband to speak to someone about your betrayal. That's okay. You can talk about it. It's not betraying your husband. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, it's helping your husband because it's accountability. It's speaking truth. Absolutely. Truth is painful sometimes. Truth is hard. Truth might lead us down a road that makes it seems like it's more difficult, but I believe always leads to more peace in the end, even if it gets harder before it gets better. I cannot sing that praise hard enough because I will tell you the last two years have been hard. They've been hard financially. They've been hard mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They have been so hard. But I will take that over one more day living the lie. I would in a heartbeat. Because now at least the hard is normal. You know, it's just a normal hard. And I'm okay with that. I would say it's not like Cray Cray Town, right? Or Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? It's like direct and obvious and clear. Right. I'll take this. It's so much more peaceful when you're living this chaotic lie. And there's so much chaos and there's so much manipulation. There's so much lying that goes on for pornography to exist. It's, it's meant to be that way. It's meant to be a destroyer of the home. It's like a invisible tornado constantly happening. My ex, he would play head games with the kids. He would get them in this manipulation mode so that what he was doing could seem less heinous. Like he would get, you know, oh, they're such awful kids. They're so disrespectful. They don't respect me. They don't, they don't listen to me. But then I find out a year down the road that my son had gotten after him twice because he found porn on his phone. Those two had animosity between each other all the time. I couldn't understand it. I would even ask my son, but he was too young at the time to even put the two together. But I would, son, why are you so disrespectful to your dad? Why, when I ask you to do something, it's yes, ma'am. And you know, you're helpful and you're thoughtful and your dad asks you and the gloves come off. Mm Mm-hmm. He would do the same thing. He would be like, that kid's so disrespectful. You spoil him. And it was always our fault. Well, then come to find out, he had confronted him a couple of times. And he told him, don't you dare tell your mom. Because he left his phone on the bed with stuff open. And he would come in and he would turn it off and go hand it to his dad. And be like, you shouldn't be looking at that. Like I said, I'll take the two years that it's been, the hard, hard that it's been. When I didn't know if I'd have two nickels to rub together, I'll take that any day. Then what I lived, that was a lie. Well, we'll have Miss C back on, I don't know, let's say six months to a year from now, where she can share her entire story. And I'm looking forward to that and appreciate her strength and her bravery and her willingness to share her story. Thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Thank you for having me. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, 
please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and Rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on Support the BTR Podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there 